0: You're listening to the Mind Your Body Show, episode number 52. I am your host, Jacob Andre, and today I'm talking to Todd McCullough. So if you'd like to know more about keeping your mind right, stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jacob Andre, and for over a decade, I've trained everyone from children to elite athletes to move better, feel better, and perform better. While a thorough understanding of fitness and nutrition is vital, underpinning that is mindset, and I've come to discover just how important it is. I've worked with literally thousands of people, and more often than not, it's the ones who win the mind game who succeed in the big game. So, how do they do it? This is the Mind Your Body Podcast. and welcome to the Mind Your Body Show. I am Jacob Bondre and today I'm talking to Todd McCullough. Thank you for joining us. Whether you are joining in on our website at jacobondre.com, you found us on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please let me know if you found us in another location. Uh, Welcome. So Todd is someone who I have been following for a very long time. I don't even know how I first... Yes, I do know how I first came across him. In fact, I was doing some research on... Some, I used I started writing a blog. I got told by my old website designers at Dash Media to, to, to start doing a blog because it would be great for SEO. And I discovered that I actually really liked blogging. And this was back, my first blog came out on June 1 of 2015. I was actually in Laguna Beach, Southern California. I had just resigned from teaching in mid-2014 and decided to go all in on this online fitness it wasn't even online fitness back then. It was just, what I wanted to do was have an online business. And so I ended up, I ended up in Laguna because I had tried to manifest in late 2014 that I would get, I didn't try to, I I actually manifested in late 2014, that I would be given a free trip to the U S as part of, for my business and so I was pretty open to how that would show up. I didn't know a lot about manifesting back then, but I just said to myself at the end of 2014, start of 2015 that at some point, now that I was doing this online business and, and I had a, actually had a few different business sort of things going on, I had too many things going on, but I was doing this online fitness online business and I had said to myself I would have an opportunity to go to the US and it would be paid. And so I actually ended up doing or following a whole bunch of people and doing some research for these blogs, which I was about to start writing to be released um, at a later date, which ultimately ended up becoming June 1 of that year. And I came across a lady called Marie Forleo. And so I signed up for her eight-week B-School program to teach me a little bit about business. And then at the same time, I was doing some research into sort of this whole online business industry. And I also came across a guy called James Wedmore. And James, around the same time that I was going to purchase that B-School program, was an affiliate and was selling access to that program through his link where you got all these really cool bonuses. And those bonuses included a three-day pass to his event in Laguna Beach in Southern California. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. This is it. This is how it's showing up. This is my opportunity. I could sit back and go, no, it doesn't include flights. It doesn't include this. It's not including that. And then not go away and do it. But I kind of had enough knowledge about manifestation that I knew that I needed to just take the leap. I had some money, a very small amount of money saved up, which I used. And I ended up having to borrow some money off my grandparents uh, while I was there. But I paid for my flights. I paid for my accommodation to go to this event. This event cost about $2,000 just for the three-day workshop. And in that, I actually met some other crazy, amazing people like Lisi Kika, who has also been on the podcast previously. Check out her search on the Mind Your Body Show for Lisi Kika. And through that, I then met all these other awesome people. I ended up getting into business coaching, actually, um, through Lisi's program, The Client Cure, and then Revenue Remedy, actually. And so through that, I, at the time in the lead up to that, I had the website launch and I, which was on June 1 of 2015, and I had been doing a whole bunch of blog writing. So in that blog writing, I was doing research looking for blog articles and I came across a website called MindBodyGreen. And on that website, there was re, there was these articles that I'd seen come up written by a guy several times and his name was Todd McCullough, also known as TMAC. And through that, I came across his website, and I think he might have even been selling some, some of his programs or his fitness classes in Mind Body Green. But I remember seeing these videos in these fantastic, amazing locations, like on big decks looking out over the Pacific Ocean and, and inside these amazing houses. And so I'd looked at and admired him from afar for a very long time. Eventually when I started the podcast, he was always someone that I thought I'd love to get onto the show. I just happened to send him a message and he so kindly obliged. And I was almost starstruck to have him on the show and to be talking to him. But what was so interesting in recording this in 2022 was to hear all of his stories about what had happened. So I was sitting here watching it from afar for all those years and to hear the true life lived experience day to day of how he developed his business and where he's at, where he came from. It was just so, one, empowering, but it was just so interesting. And one of the stories he shares was actually with how he met the founder of Mind Body Green, the big, massive, probably the biggest blog website on the planet. And that wasn't an actually, I'm not going to go into that because he talks about it in the, in the interview, but that was a really interesting story and, and quite entertaining. In this episode, Todd talks about his two part framework for keeping your mind right, which includes his four part meditation, which is included in that. This is a really interesting conversation on health and fitness and in particular, on keeping your mind right. It was really, really exciting to get to sit down and talk to Todd one-on-one. And I actually took so many things from this, which I've implemented in my own business and even in my own lifestyle, um, uh, more broadly from this conversation. It was really, really empowering. He's an awesome guy. Todd runs these 20-minute home workout videos uh, for his... For his for his members and these are filmed in some amazing locations which he talks about how that all came about so without any further ado let's get into the conversation with Todd McCullough. Todd McCullough, T-Mac, welcome to the Mind Your Body show, how are you today?
1: Glad to be here Jacob.
0: So one of the first things I like to ask our uh, guests when we start off is what did we interrupt right now in your day?
1: <laughs> That's a great question so there's a uh, so I moved from Santa Barbara, which is right on the ocean, Pacific Ocean. I moved to Nashville about seven, eight months ago. I've really been missing the water. And one of the reasons I chose this house was there's a little creek. And I mean, a tiny little creek behind the house, like kind of ankle deep. But just the other day, I found a spot kind of like in front of my neighbor's place where I, if I lay flat, completely flat, I can get underwater. Um, so I was out there laying in the water and I had to get out of the water. So that's what she interrupted for the podcast. I was getting ready to pop up a thing of tequila and sit sit in the water. So it's a Friday afternoon here. (laughs) That's awesome. I
0: have been looking at some of your content on Instagram and it looks like Nashville, where you are, is a very, very green place. Super
1: green. Super green. And it looks so tranquil. It's a great place, man. There's great people. I was actually in, uh, in Ireland for a wedding this summer, and it kind of reminded me, you know, obviously, Irons, Ireland is beautiful in its own way, but it was green kind of like that. Um, Nashville, is, it's been a huge adjustment being away from the ocean and surfing and getting all that, uh, but there's so many great trails here, and the people here in the South are just, I'm from the South, so I love the people here, and just there's a huge wellness like movement taking place now in the South, and so it's just it's just an exciting time to be in Nashville.
0: Whereabouts specifically are you from in the South?
1: So it's a small town in North Florida, kind of right there on the Florida-Georgia line, about 40 miles west of, uh, west of Jacksonville, and no one's doing yoga there, I assure you that. So everyone, <laughs> always, everyone always laughs that uh, I teach yoga now and fitness because it's such a small rural town. And we're, we're going to get into the yoga in a moment. We'll
0: talk a bit more about it. But why did you make the move away from Santa Barbara to Nashville? What was the purpose behind that?
1: Yeah, I'm still asking myself that right now, to be honest with you, uh, especially the wind, when, when the winter comes. So, my, like I said, getting closer to the family, the parents are older. Um, Santa Barbara is incredible. Love it there. Totally feeds my spirit. At some point, I want to be like you and have some kids and raise a family. Uh, and it's super expensive there. And like I said, I wasn't getting to see my parents much as they get older. I've got some uh, old buddies I play football with here in Nashville. And it seemed like a good place to kind of hopefully plant some roots. Yeah, cool. Well, definitely with all those trees that are around that place. Like I said, it's so
0: green. Where I am from in Darwin, which is Northern Territory of Australia, it's we have two seasons essentially. We actually have six if you look at the Indigenous um, way of looking at it. But okay. we have two seasons, the wet and the dry. And so in the wet, it's really, really green because it's mm-hmm. just thunderstorms. And then when I was I was over in Ireland and I thought the same thing, it's so green there. And then in um, Netherlands, it was so green. I'd never seen anywhere more green. So when I've been looking at your stuff, I'm just fascinated by the greenery. It looks like it would be a fantastic, relaxing place to live and create. <laughs>
1: It's, uh, so during the, I realized this winter, um, it's a really rainy, I guess you call it the rainy season here during the winter. And so like, I, again, bidding, been in, been in cattle from Florida, been in California pretty much for the most part the last 12 years and, uh, where I wear my flip flops and gym shorts and never pay attention to the weather. You definitely got to pay attention to the weather here during the winter. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next question I typically ask is how do you
0: mind your body? This is the mind your body show. And it's all about minding your body. I really like that hat that you're wearing that says mind right. And I know that at the bottom of your email signature, it says mind right. Before I get into that question about how you mind your body, tell me more about mind right.
1: Yeah, so it, there's a lot to it, right? But it's, I'll try to keep it simple. Um, and I, I'm just one of those guys who believes there's there's so much in life that happens every day, Jacob, is out of our control. And you know, the old saying that the only thing you can control is your mindset. And I think that most of us, believe that, but we go about our day. Uh, We wake up in the mornings, we look at our phones, we check our work emails, etc. And we haven't primed ourselves for positivity, which we call getting your mind right. And so the formula I found best for that is to move your body, some sort of movement could be one of our workouts, could be yoga, could be a trail run, could be a walk, and then finish that what we call the mind right meditation, which is a four part meditation I created. And for me, that just gives us access to a positive mindset every day regardless of the outside circumstances and so when things happen during the day we can look at that in a positive outlook and so this is where our community wears these mind right hats you know it could be a father that's going through a business meeting and it's really stressful it could be him later taking his kids to soccer practice and someone cuts him off in traffic can you come back to your breath can you make a positive choice and that's kind of what the mind right you know hats all about just a simple reminder that's awesome i love it and the purpose behind the colors i really like
0: obviously if someone's listening to this on you know apple podcast or spotify they're not going to see it so you definitely need to check it out
1: on youtube but w- what about the colors what's the purpose of the, the green and yeah, so yellow? one, of my, old, blue, one of my old football buddies um created so like the orange and blue i believe it's on there i have to take it off and look at it and so i played football at university of florida so it was our colors and then the green and yellows i was in california so he thought the green and yellow was a good California color. So he, my buddy totally created it and did a great job with it. So I just said, I liked it and ordered some. I
0: love, I love the story behind branding. There's often such a really interesting, like roots kind of to someone's life story behind branding yep. in terms of their colors. That's, I love but
1: that. So it's, I love, sometimes you're, you're so closely connected to your business and everything. And then, you know, my buddy, I haven't played football with him in 15 years. And he makes these hats and sent one to me. And he like explained it to me, And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. You know, like I was known in the South as a football player. And then now, you know, for the pretty much, like I said, the last 12 years, I've been out in California teaching yoga and fitness. And so that's kind of cool how other people see your life. And I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I think the brand has really been a, re- a reflection and a journey of my personal life, to be honest with you. I didn't intend for it to be. It's just kind of how it happened. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, how do you mind your body? How do I mind my body? So I think for me, kind of going back to what we talked about the hat, it's like own your morning, own your day. I have to own my morning, meaning I'm always going to move my body. I'm always going to connect to my spiritual practice. And that's really for me the non negotiable. Like if I was visiting you in Australia, same thing. We're going to wake up, I'm going to move my body. I'm going to do my meditation and we can start our day. That could be surfing. It could be fitness, yoga. I really don't give a shit, to be honest. Like I have like they all, all the modalities work in their own way. But for me, it's taking care of my body is owning my morning. Uh, And then just putting real whole food in my body throughout the day. And then, you know, one thing I've noticed the last couple of years is really making sleep a priority, you know? And so just putting your feet in nature, grounding yourself. Like I said, I was just literally in a little creek behind my house in the water that's kind of what I like to do. You know, it's, it just, my body feels much better afterwards. And I think sometimes we numb ourselves with food and maybe things we shouldn't be getting into. Um, And, you know, that's just for me, how it works. So
0: like, this is really interesting and and quite deep. How did you end up getting to where you are today? Take me right back.
1: Oh God. Uh, So as a kid, my dad had a gym, so I kind of grew up in the gym world. And I'm, I'm not sure in Australia, but the culture in the South, college football is everything, particularly in a small town. I always say, like, you get good at hunting and fishing or good at football, baseball, or basketball. And that's about it. You know, that's about all there is around there. Uh, like I said, the closest mall, movie theater, bowling alley, was 40 miles away. Like You know, we'd drive to town once or twice a year when we were kids to get school clothes to come back. Uh, and so f- I just happened to love football. I lived in a culture that loved football and I t- no control of my own. I ended up being 6'5 and could run a little bit and hit people. And that turned out to give me a scholarship to the number one program in the country at the time, the University of Florida. And then during that process, I ended up having five surgeries, three knee surgeries, two shoulder surgeries, and just got by the time I left playing football, I was just beat up and couldn't really go to the gym anymore. And then afterwards, I was working at most people don't realize the financial advisor at Merrill Lynch. Uh, I always joke and say I'm probably the only personal trainer I know that was Series Seven, and got, <laughs> dated a lone girl for like five years in college. That didn't work out, and was just kind of had a chance to reevaluate life. I'll never forget. I was, um, I guess some of my buds are still financial advisors. They're awesome dudes, but I was sitting there in Jacksonville, Florida, and on paper I was a success. Right, I came from the country. Not many people in my family went to college, um, you know, got a scholarship. Now I've got this great job and wearing a suit and tie every day. And I remember, you know, all these mutual fund people that were trying to sell your mutual funds to your stockbrokers, et cetera, would take us out for these like really nice steak dinners and scotch and all this stuff. And I'm, everyone was having a good time. And I just remember looking around and was like, this isn't me. You know, again, I, I was the guy just hanging out in the creek, right? Like that's me. And I didn't really know at the time, the entrepreneur, like, wasn't really something that you thought much about. Like, it was like, go get it, go get a real job, like take care of the bills. And I had a chance to reevaluate life. And I played football with a guy that was from California, went out and visited him and was like, well, this is California's sure a hell a lot more fun than North Florida being a single guy in your 20s. And so I had Merrill Lynch transfer me out in 2008 to uh, L.A., and then that was in the midst of that transfer was when we had the financial collapse. So for all the people out there listening to this now that, you know, financial things, times could be hard for you right now. I totally understand. I got laid off as soon as I got to LA and, but and had a chance to go back to Florida and probably work with another brokerage firm. But I started, like I had to figure out a way to pay the bills. So I was like, I'm going to stay here for a year and see how it goes. And a lady that cut my hair in LA said she needed help getting in shape. And she says she looked like I was in shape. So Started training. The lady that cut my hair, and that's how it started. it's 12, twelve years ago now. So you weren't even thinking about going down no, the spot path at that point. No, you just looked no, fit. no. There's no, there's no rational stockbroker going to leave that lucrative business and go start as a personal trainer, particularly like nowadays, there's like all these fitness influencers and people making money on social media. That shit wasn't even I a, a thought back then. Right. We're talking about 2008, 2009. Um, if you were a trainer, you were broke as shit. Right. Um, and I just remember taking all my suits to Goodwill. And I was like, all right, like we'll see how this goes. But And I was broke as shit for about two years. Like, I mean, I can always remember like you go to Trader Joe's and you could get the ahi tuna steaks and the brown rice and you could eat dollar, you could eat dinner and lunch for about $2 and 29 cents. And that got me through, but I started to feel alive again, Jacob, for like the first time since football. Like I found something that made me feel alive. And I remember telling my parents, I'm like, I'm not coming back home. And they were literally like, you're crazy. You're dumb. I think it was literally, my dad said more harsh words than that. Um, But yeah, I started to feel alive and I just kind of leaned into that. And I was fortunate, like if I'd have had children, you know, if I'd got married, no way I'd be doing this. I'd have stayed in finance. No way. So that I, life just kind of happened that way. And I kind of leaned into what felt right and the intuition and, you know, it ended up working out. That's crazy. Sliding doors right there. And, and shout out to that lady, too. That's amazing.
0: The, the impact that she's had. On not only your life, but now as a result, on so many people's lives because of all the people that you've worked with, and not even just worked with, but who have influenced through Instagram, for example.
1: So, so are you talking about the lady that was first, I was trained my first client. Yeah, the the, the yeah, hairdresser. So, that so, wasn't... It's a funny story about this. So, I, I had an old beat up Jeep that didn't have a top on it hardly, and um, just old Jeep, and she lived in Beverly Hills, and I used to drive all the way across to L.A. And she was always sleeping in, and they had like a security gate. I realized that she had she came from a wealthy family, um, and I used to have to hop the security gate. Her husband would be in the in the house smoking weed in the morning; she'd still be asleep. I had to go in there, knock on the door, and wake him up. And that was pretty much my first time in Beverly Hills. <laughs> kind of how things started.
0: That's crazy. So, so how do you go from
1: her? into like the next client and the next and next. Yeah. So again, how things happen by accident, Merrill Lynch taught me how to service a high net worth private client, right? So these people typically would have investable assets of 10 million or more, right? And this was kind of what Merrill Lynch trained me to do in understanding that profile of client. They go to to a certain divorce attorney, they go get their hair cut at certain places, they see certain CPAs, And you basically build the centers of influence of where these people are in transition. And then I just started networking as much as I could. I would go to a divorce attorney or I'd go to a CPA or I'd go to a celebrity uh, real estate person and be like, Hey, I'll train you for free. I'll train you free for a month. I'll give you a month free of training. If I'm any good and you got any clients that are looking for training, refer them to me. And so I did that. And then I went, on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I put out flyers on every Porsche, Lamborghini, Ferrari, nice car I could in Brentwood, Santa Monica area, kind of the west side of LA on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I went to the garages in Beverly Hills, lots of cars and one in the garage and did the same thing and did that for probably two years. Also had an A-frame sign that I would do a public class on the beach back when you could have public classes. One person came to that class that for like a $15 class that ended up being a luck of the draw, a very high net worth individual that asked me to do personal training. And then one of those flyers got me into a building where like the who's who of LA live. And then, you know, that was over the course of about two years, right? Like bleak, like bleak times, right? Not, not a whole lot there, but over the course of that, when that happened, it got me into that building w- within Three months, I was training half the building. I think my training style was unique. I think it was a little different. um, And people just, I was very blessed. It's very blessed. But it took two years of just like, you know, like I said, if I had a wife and kids, there's no way I would have put my family through that.
0: So when you say two years, are we talking 2009 and 2010?
1: Yeah. 2009, got laid off, I guess, first quarter or so. 2009 is when I started my company, I believe. And then through 2009, 2010, and about 2011, things started to pick up.
0: Funny, I was actually in the U.S. at that time in January to the, January to March of 2009, that's snowboarding in Idaho.
1: In Idaho. <laughs> no, that's
0: actually, I've been there four times. And uh, that was that was when I went to Idaho. We went snowboarding and I had nice. like several months of just snowboard. I remember actually flying into L.A. and yep. going through customs. And the guy said, um, you know, where are you going to? And I had this random address in idaho and he looked at it looked at me looked at it looked at me and goes idaho and i went yeah and he goes idaho <laughs> and i was like yeah he goes why are you going to idaho well <laughs> american stadium and go to idaho and i was like i'm going snowboarding he's like you know we got disneyland just down the road the <laughs> it was so funny but uh, so i know what it was like um for americans in particular at that point in time that 2018 is that that was tough times
1: that was rough, man. I mean, my father got laid off. Um, I think he was unemployed for about five years. Um, it was tough times, man. It was a tough time. Everyone was just trying to figure out how to survive. And, you know, I know that right now there's some financial uncertainty and um, no one likes discomfort like that. But I always say that, you know, again, whether it be an illness, whether it be financial issues, discomfort is where we find growth. And it may not be enjoyable mm-hmm. in the moment. But if we can just take a step back and understand that during these tough times, there's moments of growth, if we're willing to pay attention. I I really think I've thought about this a lot over the last couple of years
0: and probably 10 years, really. And I think that there's a huge similarity between fitness and finances, and I'm very interested in both. But in terms of the little, the, the micro behaviors or um, all the routines and habits that you've got mm-hmm. around fitness and finance, there's so many similarities that you can draw between the two. And when it comes to improving in your fitness, I think you can take some of those, you know, those practices, those routines and habits and uh, apply them to finances and vice versa. I've always found that fascinating. There's so many similarities between the two of
1: them. Well, I think that if you're going to be good at any craft, it requires discipline right like i've got friends that are in the arts right and they're extremely disciplined it could be financing i think and i think that's one thing that fitness helps people develop is discipline right so like a after people are hiring a personal trainer um like i just had a client recently he was an artist and you know my role was to basically show up at his house for him to start his day and get a kick-ass workout in um And then he could go produce the most amazing art out there, right? But it's like they gave him that discipline every morning to do that.
0: Hmm. So take me from that 2010-ish through to about 2015, because before we started talking, that's when, before we started recording, sorry, we were talking about how I first came across you, which I reckon was about 2015. So how do you get from 2010 to 2015, which I'm going to talk about next?
1: Okay. Yeah. So, like I said, things started to become financially. I was making more money than I ever could imagine as a personal trainer. Um, And I was training like nine people a day, Monday through Saturday. I I never got to go skiing or anything like that, hardly in California. I was just always, I never really got a chance to leave LA. I was just working all the time. Um, But again, I've been broke for a couple of years. So, I was taking as much money as I could. Um, And so, at a point where a personal trainer comes to this point and and they're, Kind of career where it's like, all right, I'm fine making good money. Right. I like guess first step one is like, can you take care of your bills and responsibilities? And then step two is like, how do I scale? And again, this is way back in those days before, you know, all the membership businesses and Instagram, all this stuff. I just never honestly saw LA as home. And what kind of made my training style unique was I didn't need any equipment. I had merged at the time what I knew as an athletic like football player with yoga. Like on the backstory, I've I've studied yoga now for the last 12 years and it merged a unique body weight training system. And just kind of was like, all right, well, I'm going to start putting videos on YouTube. And I put a couple of videos up there like 60 minutes long and people were like, Hey, we really like your training style, but I can only do them on the weekends. Do you have anything that's 20 minutes? Do you have anything that's 20 minutes? And I kind of resisted it for a while. And I was like, I can't get you in shape in 20 minutes. Like, and then eventually I swallowed my pride because I kept hearing this word 20 minutes. And I was like, all right. So I took that 50 minute program and chopped it down to, what I thought was the bare essentials, which is a 20 minute home workout that finishes the stretch and meditation. Uh, and so what I learned was that psychologically people can know they have 20 minutes, but they don't always know they have time to go to the gym. And so that was a big lesson point is like put what you have out there in the world, but also have the humility to listen to your customer. And what they need. It's your job as the teacher to help meet them where they are. Right. And so I put a couple of these videos on YouTube. They did well. And I had people saying they, they would pay me for more videos. And so then I just was keep personal. I kept personal. People always, it's funny, for people who weren't in LA, thought I was this like fitness video star. And I didn't take a dollar from the online stuff for, I don't know, maybe. Four, four or five years, at least maybe three at the earliest. So I just produced some content online, and then would put it on a, a membership site back in the day, one of the early ones, and just kept training people. And whenever I had extra money from training people, I film more videos and film more videos. Um, and then that eventually led to a online membership platform. And I, I think today, we've had over 30,000 people through our uh, platform. And so, but yeah, it just started like, you know, I always say like, master your craft, get really good at your craft, chop wood, right? Get like, my job was just to make it as a personal trainer. And then once you get good as a personal trainer, then you can decide, like, do I want to scale? You don't have to scale. Like I could have made, you know, I probably walked away with as much money as a personal trainer as I do now with the online platform. Cash is always nice. Um, Uncle Sam doesn't always see the cash. And so that was kind of, but it didn't happen by intention. I just, I knew from a get-go, my mission back in 2009, I had a, I was at the beach, I'll never forget it. And I had a clear mission that I just wanted to assist in creating a culture that was conscious of the body and the world in which we live. And I didn't know what that really meant. And then I've just kind of kept that mission to where that now is 20-minute home workouts, the end of the meditation and prayer. What the future holds, I don't know. But that's kind of, I'll stick true to that mission. That's awesome.
0: And congratulations on that so far. Thank you. That's about where I... Came across you so around 2015-ish, I yep. think, and it was through. Some, I'm, I reckon I was reading a blog article on mind, on the Mind Body Green website. Mm-hmm. Through that, I saw some videos, and I'll, that's
1: exactly how I would describe you: the, the workout video guy. And you and had then, some. But to, to back up, interrupt, talk about a funny story, and just for everyone listening, if you're in the fitness space or whatever you're doing, just hanging out and being in a light-minded space. So like I went to this food expo thing, right? In California back in like two, 2015. No one had hardly, like mind, I'd never heard of mind, Body, Green, which is now one of the largest wellness blogs in the world. I go to reach for like an hors d'oeuvre at one of these, you know, food stands. And this guy reaches and grabs my damn, like piece of sausage or whatever it was, little, like <laughs> sandwich or whatever it was. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I look up and it's a six, nine guy. And he and I kind of smile and laugh and just hit it off. He played college basketball. I played college football. And we just started chatting, and it ended up being Jason, the founder of Mind Body Green. Um, and we just hit it off. But it was like, he didn't know about me. I didn't know about Mind Body Green, but it was just two people in the early stages of like, hey, I want to like create this wellness content online. I'm like, I'm making these videos online. Let's, let's come together and chat.
0: That's crazy. You got the hair on the back of my neck is standing up just from how. Just But there was yeah. no intention,
1: right? There was no intention of like, I'm going to meet the founder of Mind Body Green, right? It was just like, we just happened to be at a, But this is the beauty of like these early stages and like following your passion and what you're like. I went to this because I enjoyed it. And I geek out about this stuff. And so did he. I was
0: just going to say, I think, do you think that you're maybe just in that state, in that flow state where you were just
1: doing what you loved? He was doing what he loved. And of course the universe has brought you together. I think positivity attracts positivity. And I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the things we go back to every day is like we have to master our mindset. And we find that flow and that kind of positivity, that extra sense of energy when we're doing what lights us up. And that sounds counterintuitive sometimes. It's not always like the best way to make money. And maybe I always tell people like never quit their nine to five while they're building their business. Like go work your nine to five. If it's really your passion, you'll do it on nights and weekends. Right. And the beauty of that, right, kind of like the online platform for me is if I'd have had to make a living out of the online platform after get-go, I would have failed because I was mm-hmm. creating 60-minute workouts, right? But because I was able to give it away for free and still had income coming in as a personal trainer, I was able to organically let this grow and listen to my customer.
0: Well, and so those videos, my memory of them when I first came across them was on a balcony over the ocean. Mm -hmm. and very, what seemed to be highly edited and produced.
1: Is that correct? Yeah, back in the day, again, this is when YouTube, this was like probably, I say this, probably one of the best videos on YouTube back in the day, right? Like the quality of what you just said. So I had these clients that had these homes worth tens of millions of dollars. And I was like, again, because I was playing the long game, I was like, I'll give you a month of free training, like a month if you just let me film for a couple hours. And they were like, sure, like whatever. Um, And then I hired a good production team. There's plenty of great producers in uh, LA, which is, I love now, we live in a space now where you don't have to live in LA anymore, right? Like you can do it on your phone. It's like the technology is so incredible. Like Our producer here in Nashville is a young guy, lives from, he's from Alabama, taught himself how to video on YouTube. Like it's such an exciting time now. You don't have to go live in a big city. And so, but I played that long game, and the sacrifices like paid off. Like again, that'd be a month of no income, but we had these most amazing views, like you just talked about. Like we're looking at like seven years later, you're still thinking about those views that we filmed.
0: And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, people can still go and access them. Yeah, we kept these
1: workouts. We kept a couple on YouTube, like the Mind Body Green one's still on YouTube but I moved everything off of YouTube to a membership platform years ago. And honestly, I tell people if I had to do it again, I'm not sure I'll do that. YouTube does an amazing job of marketing your content for you. And as soon as you put up a membership site, you really got to have a lot of financial backing behind you to get your content out. And I, I didn't do that. Like I'm still, as of today, still, you know, I finance everything myself.
0: Mm. So where can people find these YouTube videos? What's the YouTube channel?
1: I think our YouTube channel is just TMAC Fitness, TMAC Fitness. Um, Again, there's not a ton on there anymore. I don't do a ton on there. I probably should. Uh, But some of the old videos are on there and we've actually improved the quality of the workouts a lot since then on our membership platform. They can go to our membership and get 10 free days at TMACFitness.com and just get 10 free days.
0: Awesome, and We'll link all that up in the show notes. So there's some people also in those videos that are in the background. It reminds me of, there was a, show here in Australia back in probably the 80s when I was a kid growing up
1: called uh, aerobics old style and so they would record these videos up. is it the same in the US there's some videos back in the day of like the Jane Fonda's and those people working out on like these uh, like these beautiful backgrounds and stuff like that
0: yeah, so and it was so you've got you in the middle at the front, and then you had these other. So
1: I think there was two people on either side of you. Usually, might be doing one. yeah, usually a modification and advanced version, yeah. And during during COVID, as you notice the videos the last couple of years have all just been me or one of our other trainers. We have great trainers who teach the beginner content, um, just in the house. And people started liking those because they're like, "Hey, I see a couch, I see a kitchen, like it's more relatable." So we went from these big beautiful sets. To where now, it's just in my kitchen.
0: That, you're reading my mind. I'm going to COVID next. But before I do, I want to ask, where did those people come from? Because I love the story about it was the high net worth clients, houses that you're filming from. Where did the people come from?
1: Oh, the, the models in the videos? Yeah. They were all my friends. They were, for the most part, they were all friends. And so people get on to me all the time about some of the language and comments I use in those videos. Because this is my friends and I was also fucking with my friends, like making jokes during the videos. Like <laughs> I knew almost all of them really close. Like I've, you know, their boyfriends, their girlfriends. Uh, some were girls I dated previously, uh, but most of them were all friends of mine or, the, or they were a lot of them were other trainers and I wanted to promote their business. And people thought I was crazy for like wanting to promote other trainers. And I I just come from that belief that there's abundance, that there's plenty enough out there for everyone. And so if I had a friend who's a great trainer. I'd put him on there and like give him a shout out and help people go support his business.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Kind of like a rising tides lifts all ships approach. Totally. Um, so you mentioned COVID. You recently, or last year, I think it was in 2021 or I don't know when it was, you had COVID and you posted about your experience yeah. in a very detailed post on Instagram, which I read and I had not had COVID at the time but took so much from that. So much so that I ended up writing my own blog because of that it inspired me when I had COVID
1: of what I would do um, when but I got I'm, it. I'm glad, I'm glad you liked it. I got a lot of death threats. Really? Well, <laughs> I wanted to fun. ask
0: about that because fun. it was, yeah, it was really, I found it so, first of all, thank you for posting that because I got so much information from it, but tell
1: me more about that. Yeah, so look, we live in these, Divided times, particularly in the States. I'm not sure about you guys uh, in Australia. Actually, my neighbors yes, in Santa Barbara were from, were from Australia and they couldn't go back and see their families for a long yeah, time. Yeah. Um, so, and everyone handles look at COVID differently, right? And I think that my background, well, one, I think it ties into my faith. My faith is that I'm a Christian. I believe we're all brothers and sisters. Uh, I don't care if you're white, black, gay, straight, you know, you play, pray to Jesus Whoever I don't I, th- I think we're all brothers and sisters and we're all connected and that gives a foundation of I think how we should treat people, particularly people that we don't always agree with, right? So that's a foundational element of how I try to approach my life. I don't always get it right, but that's I, I like a foundational element. that's there, and I've from the rural south where like 95% of people vote for Donald Trump, and I've lived in California for 10 years where 95% of the people vote Democrat, right? And one watches Fox News, one watches CNN. And they both think they're both deplorable, right? I happen to know that most people are good because I've lived in completely different places. And that if most people broke bread together, get along, they would get along just fine. They may disagree on how to create the best society, but most people get along fine. They turn on the news and they see the worst of society or a twist to it. Um, And so when the COVID came out, my thing was I'm not a virologist. I am not qualified to tell you what to do with COVID. I'm a personal trainer, right? With a very limited knowledge. I can tell you how I'm going to approach it myself. For example, myself, I did not get the vaccine, but I advised my parents to get the vaccine. They're elderly, they're obese, they're not healthy at all. Like, I think there's a nuance to that conversation. And so I wrote a detailed post of like, this is my reasoning why I chose not to, but also chose my parents to get it. These are my symptoms on day one, symptoms on day two, when I start back, felt safe training, my heart rate variability. Um, yeah, so just details. Like this is just a document out there for exactly what you said for people. Maybe it helps you, maybe it doesn't. Um, but I'm just going, I'm not going to tell you what to do. This is just my experience, take it or leave it. And I got a lot of people that worked in hospitals, doctors, nurses, right back to my email saying, that they had been lying about getting the vaccine that they didn't want to get the vaccine. People were like, almost like it was so emotional on both sides. And then like people just saying that they, you know, they were so happy that someone else is talking about this, that they didn't get the vaccine. Then I got a lot of people that were big vax people that like literally wished me to hell and back. And then I died. Um, And then I got a lot of people that are like, Hey, we, which I love. It's like, Hey, we disagree with you, but we like what you wrote. And I love that. Like, I totally love that. I don't expect everyone to agree with me, but I think we can all be nice to one another. And I think that goes back to the whole mind right piece, right? Is like, put yourself in a positive mindset. Some sort of stimulus comes in. Maybe you're pro-vax, anti-vax, whatever it is. Can you handle that in a positive mindset? See that some guy is doing this with a good intention you may disagree with, and then choose an appropriate response. So that was my take on COVID.
0: Yeah, well, it's really good here in Australia. So we had to get vaccinated. We were mandated in order to keep our jobs. Where yep. I so I'm a PE teacher. Um, as I was saying to you before we started recording, single father of four, I have my kids full time. And yep. so, in when my ex wife and I, when she decided to leave and, and move into state uh, in 2019, I had to go back. My fitness business didn't make enough money to support yep. myself and four kids and a mortgage. So I went back into teaching, which did teaching full-time teaching here in Australia is pretty well-paid. And so I went back into teaching and then I didn't want to get vaccinated. I've resisted it for as long as possible yeah. until yeah. the government mandated it that for you to keep your job, yeah. you had to, and I needed to keep paying the bills for my kids. Totally. Uh, like I just couldn't afford to leave and do the fitness stuff um, just yet that's, full-time. That's not, and so- uh,
1: Yeah. I had a similar buddy in California. Um, He worked for the state and he was asking me, he didn't want to get the vaccine either. And he's got kids and a wife and a mortgage. And I said, look, I think you're going to be fine getting the vaccine. This is not a hill I would die on. Take care of your mortgage. Like Mm -hmm. you got, you got, if I thought you were going to die, I'd say, Hey, like back off. But like, you got kids to think about, like, keep your job. So Mm -hmm. I, I applaud, I applaud you for actually doing that.
0: I don't, I don't want to go too deep into this, but I ended up, so we ended up having to get three, like in order to keep our jobs, we had to have three doses. So I ended up with two of AstraZeneca. Again, I don't want to talk about too deep on this, but there was reasons why in terms of, and I could probably get a bit controversial here, around why the doctor had suggested to me to get AstraZeneca. And then on my third one, I had Novavax and absolutely no symptoms from that one. Whereas I had the brain frog with the first two of Astra, yeah. but, um, and I didn't want, Pfizer or Moderna. And, you know, again, I do not want to get controversial right here. And <laughs> I'm finding it very hard it's, not it, to It's
1: impossible <laughs> not to, man. I think that, again, I think that people like us and the people listening, um, it says more about how people respond. Once you start reaching a bigger audience, man, like there's no, I've learned that there's no way to make everyone happy. Um, it's just, it's impossible. So I think speak your truth and be kind to people. And it says a lot about, I think, someone's character when they're kind to people who they disagree with. Hmm.
0: Well, I ended up choosing not to get my kids vaccinated. And out, so in we had to isolate I, for seven yeah, days. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have either. And uh, yeah, well, so I they said, oh, you have to isolate away from your family. Like you have to lock yourself in a your room away from the rest of your family. There is no way as a single father that I can lock myself in a room. <laughs> what are they going to live by themselves for seven days and cook for themselves? So they're between the ages of seven and 11. and so I decided to keep them home from school for that week because I thought I oh, had the risk of me, you know, engage- yeah. interacting with them in the house. Then going out to school, they could spread. So they stayed at home. In that week, at the end of that week, two out of the four tested positive and had COVID with the most like minor symptoms. I think they had symptoms for about three hours one day. Yeah. And the other two never got it. It was crazy that yep. two could, in the end, we isolated for an extra week because two then had COVID right. at the end.
1: So for two weeks, we're in a house together and two of them never got it at all. (laughs) Yep. There's another variant going on right now in the States that everyone's getting. Um, And you hope everyone, when they got the shot or not, they got got the shot. You hope everyone's healthy and and well, right? Like I wish everyone well. Um, But again, a lot of, you know, some of these people locally uh, here in Nashville were really pissed off with me not getting the vaccine. And now they've had it two or three times covid and they've had the, all the shots right it's but again i can choose like it's it's not a time to be like i told you so like this it's a time to like hey how can i help can i pick up your kids today can i pick up your groceries it's not a time to say i was right you were wrong
0: yeah yeah and i think ultimately from everything i read you know if you're generally looking after yourself and healthy then you're going to be fine um i think it's a you know it, it, if you've got things going on, then that's when you really need to look at your life, you need to get into eating some whole healthy foods and doing some regular exercise.
1: I think that, be, you know, like I said, everyone looks at this different. And there's people a lot smarter than me that got the vaccine. And for them, it made sense. And I think that's great. I think that, you know, like, other than age, I think the number one risk factor was obesity. Um, to me, I'd like to see people talk more about Let's take care of ourselves and make our bodies resilient, because, again, there's a variant going around now. and There'll be a variant probably going around a year from now. Right. So anyway, um, I, I think to me, the biggest takeaway is how quickly we can revert to animalistic behavior and how we treat one another. And so that was that was a uh, while to see. Mm. this is why we don't give up our guns in uh, the states like you guys did in australia (laughs) they can't they can't can't mandate that in redneck north florida (laughs) well just one event it was in australia and it was all completely
0: changed done and dusted yep um so moving on from that into now tell me more about where you're at now what's happening and where you're at like what
1: what you're most excited about right now what i'm most excited about right now um so I'm considering for the first time possibly raising capital for T-Mac fitness. Um, this has been self-funded to this point, all myself. And I have, uh, we have a small team of people and I've learned that if I want to take this beyond, you know, a certain scale that I'm going to need outside help. Um, and I've gotten this to almost as far as I think I can get it by myself. So I'm considering that next phase, uh, the, the reason the hesitation is like, if I want to start, up you know, my own podcast and talk about Jesus, Gandhi and COVID, I had the freedom to do that. Once you take on investors, it becomes a different situation. Um, and so that's kind of like where I'm at now is figure, figuring out that and then figuring out if Nashville's home or only about Santa Barbara. Um, those are things I, I think that often those in the wellness space, we talk about all the good, all the things we're excited about, but there's a struggle moving, right? It's been a struggle for me living in Nashville uh, at times. And you know, families going through different things. So I think that for me it's been a transition time in the last couple months. And but I'm excited about our community. Our community is so so supportive. Like I wrote an email the other day saying, hey guys, let's just be honest with you, like I'm going through a hard time. And I know that some of you are too. Just want you to know you're not alone. And just the overwhelming support from our community was phenomenal. Um, and so that's what I'm most excited about. Is like, how can we continue to invest in our community, help them be better fathers, better mothers, more productive at work, um, and hopefully make the world a better place in the process.
0: So you mentioned going through a hard time. Feel free to talk more about it or not talk about it if you would like. How can we help?
1: Yeah, I, I think that I'll talk more about it once I go through it, um, once I've come out the other side of it. Um, but I think one of the things that we I don't know if I can help out, but I would say for those those of us in this—I guess I consider myself in this social media world—of um, just one having the humility uh, when people are struggling to reach out to them, and then two, just share your story, share the good, but also share the struggles. Right? Like, like it was overwhelming. Like I said, I'm—you come to me for positivity. Like, I understand that. Like, that is the reason you come to TMAC Fitness is is for positivity. Um, But when you are struggling, like, hey, just going through a tough time, you don't have to, like, go into the details. But, like, I think for us in this world, it's, like, let people know, too, that not every day is perfect. And how you continue to show up is really what makes a difference. Um, And I think, again, that's something that I'm going through at the moment. And hopefully, it continues uh, to help people down the road. So how can people... Tell me more about TMAC Fitness and how mm-hmm. people, you've already mentioned the website, but how can people find out more? Yeah, so you just go to TMAC Fitness, TMAC Fitness uh, com, and you get 10 free days of home workouts. You don't think they're credit card or anything like that. So it's just a great way to get a feel for what we do and more importantly, why we do it. And then if you're on the whole Instagram world, you can go to TMAC Fitness as well. Come say a lie. Some say hello in the DMs. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much right now what our focus is, the website and a little bit of Instagram. Todd, I
0: just want to thank you so much for your time on the Mind Your Body show hey. today. It has been an absolute pleasure and so interesting to hear all the backstory.
1: I'm so uh, uh, I'm so sorry I got you up at six a.m. <laughs> no, no so that's right.
0: Time. I was just getting annoyed at myself <laughs> for realizing that the curtain which sits right here—it was dark when we
1: started, and now I can see the light coming in. I'm like, damn it, this production quality is not where I'd want it to be. <laughs> oh, dude, it's it's the production quality is fantastic. It's all about the content and add value to people exactly exactly um and i also want to acknowledge you for all the work that you do and changing the lives
0: of people um all around the world so congratulations on all of that jacob it was a pleasure man thanks for having be- me on. Be- before we do go oh I, you have to do 10 for 10, 10 for i 10, rest right? I, I wrestle with whether to put that in now or after the 10 and 10 because people think hmm. that i'm wrapping up and i am kind of winding up but i'm moving into the 10 and 10 which is what we do in okay the go for
1: it whatever end
0: of every episode So as you've been talking, I've been writing notes. Typically, I've got one word written down. So what I'm after is the first thing that comes to mind as soon as you think of it when I say these words. So these are in order of the episode. Are you ready to go, Todd?
1: Go for it. Number one, water. Energy. Number oh, two, did, you say, did you say just give one word response? Is that what you said? or 1st I'm second?
0: only going to say one word. You give me as much as you want. Typically, we try and stay within 10 seconds.
1: I'd say energy and flow. Number two, mind right. Mm. Take ownership of your mindset. Number three, football. Badass.
0: <laughs> Number four, yoga. Healing. Number number five, personal branding. Mm, Be
1: authentic. Number six, re-evaluations in life. Mm, Stay grounded and connected to your faith, your source, whatever that looks like for you.
0: Number seven, discipline.
1: Consistency.
0: Number eight, positivity. Mm. Do things
1: that light you up. Number nine, community. It's everything. It's absolute everything. And number 10 is a general
0: question, which I ask everybody. And it's an insight into how crazy my mind probably is. But if you could go forward in time or back in time, which would you, and you can come back to now, which would you go to at what point in time and why? Mm -hmm. It's
1: tough. Um, I would say I would go, this is a little a sad thing, but I guess the first thing comes to mind, I'd go back to my freshman year of college, my roommate and best friend, A-Ross O-10 in football died of a heat stroke. I would go back that day and we worked out together and he, he died after our workout. I would go back that day and check, take, take better care, just check in with him more. That's what I would go back and do it.
0: Very, very good answer. Todd, thank you so much. No problem, bud. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Mind Your Body Show. For more information, including all show notes, as well as all of our other episodes, head on over to our website at jacobandre.com.